is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to another Mock Draft Monday on Fantasy Football Today. Mock Draft Monday across CBS Sports. You can watch CBS Sports HQ and get some Mock Draft Monday. You can listen to the Pick 6 podcast and get some Mock Draft Monday. Real players, not fictional players. I'm Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings here. Three episodes this week, three episodes every week. For now, hope we're keeping you entertained. What's up, guys? Uh, I had a really fun weekend. I played, in case you're wondering, I played family trivia via Zoom. It was awesome. I recommend it to everyone. How was your weekend, guys? Anybody have a fun weekend? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, did you do anything? Uh, we bought a new slide for the pool, so the kids enjoyed that, and uh, a lot of bike riding. Is the slide stuff. blue? The slide is blue and white. Yes, every, every slide is blue. New slide, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, let me know when when I can come over and <laughs> test it out. <laughs> Anytime you want, buddy. Yes. After the quarantine is over, Heath, guess what? What? Love your team from this draft. There's really no, like I was just going to say the names of the players that I drafted and then just not offer any other analysis because I think it pretty much speaks for itself. This is maybe the best team I've ever drafted. Uh, well, well, we'll see about that. But it's a good team. It's a half PPR, twelve team league. We don't talk all that much about half PPR, so I really uh, I'm looking forward to today's show. Also today, Robert Thomas is joining us. For those of you in the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today, you know who Robert Thomas is. For those of you who listen to Matchbox 20, might think you know who Robert Thomas is, but this is the real one. He basically, along with Shraggy B, moderates our Facebook group, and he posts a lot of topics. Um, He's the man. He's going to come on, and he posted some topics about this draft in the group, and he'll tell us what the Facebook users think. Best team, worst team, best picks, stuff like that. Um, And uh, we'll also have some fun with it. Some of the more fun topics that we've had on uh, in the Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. So, getting into uh, the draft here, I just oh, speaking of the draft, you know our NFL draft contest give you a chance to get into the podcast league. Well, we are giving away our first spot in the 2020 Listeners League, and we're gonna do it through Facebook. Either go to the Facebook page, Fantasy Football Today, just search for that, or click on the link in the episode description. It'll take you directly to. Um, the post, or, or at least take you directly to the Fantasy Football Today group. We'll, I'm not sure when exactly we'll post the contest, because I know you probably want to submit those picks closer to the draft. But basically, you predict the top 10. That's all you have to do, predict the top 10. But it has to be in order. You can't just say, hey, I got 8 of the 10 people who were drafted in the top 10. It has to be in the order they were drafted. I recommend waiting a little while. No need to get these in that early, but we're going to do it through the Facebook group this year. Whoever gets the most right is in the group. And we'll have to settle any ties uh, probably randomly. And Friday, we're going to talk about the wide receiver prospects for the draft. I didn't have a lot of news and notes, guys, but it does appear that the XFL is going to be done. And quite frankly, Dave, I think you might share. I'm sad about that because I really enjoyed the XFL. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, too. I watched a lot more of it than I thought it would. Uh, I thought it was fun. thought the play was better than the AAF and the XFL the first time around. And I liked a lot of the rules. I'm. I hope the NFL takes a look at some of those rules and starts implementing at least the sky judge this year, and maybe some other ones. Uh, I know that there's a rule proposal for instead of an onside kick, 
you can have a fourth and 15 play from your own 25. I'm interested to know how that one does and if that one passes this year. That would make things fun for uh, on uh, an onside kick replacement late in games in, in 2020 and beyond. Would you guys want NFL players to be interviewed on the sideline during the game as the XFL players were? No, I want I want NFL coaches interviewed on the sideline like XFL coaches were. I, I want a sideline reporter in Bill Belichick's face. <laughs> I want to know what that what that sounds like and whether or not he just, you know, straight up stiff arms them or uh, if he yes. actually gives a thoughtful answer. Uh, the, spoiler alert. <laughs> stiff arms. <laughs> yeah. Have, have, have you ever seen uh, Greg Popovich during in-game yeah. <laughs> interviews? I think he can give you a preview of what that would be like. Yeah, but Pop's so funny. Like Those are cherished. Belichick would not be funny. He like, wouldn't say anything. They'd be right? equally he as forthcoming. Or he'd mumble a few words. I mean, you've heard it. him at halftime interviews. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. He needs to do those. Uh, all right, hey, let's let's do this here. Half PPR draft, 12 teams, three wide receivers and a flex, two running backs, one quarterback. And this time, the rookies were eligible to be drafted. The first rookie was Jonathan Taylor. He went 35th overall. And he was uh, basically the only rookie taken in the top 60. You had DeAndre Swift go 58th. You had Cam Akers go 61st. Did I miss anyone, Jamie? I think he was the only one in the top 57 picks, uh, Jonathan um, Taylor. I think so. Okay, because DeAndre Swift would make sense as the second rookie off the board. Once we got to basically the end of round five, about 60th overall, it was 58th was was Swift, 61st, Akers, CeeDee uh, Lamb, Jerry Judy, J.K. Dobbins, all in round six, not long after Cam Akers went. So it took about 60 picks before the rookie started coming off the board other than Taylor. Would I'm you so- like a funny story about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, we were doing our... Every Monday we do this mock draft for CBS Sports HQ, uh, NFL mock draft. So that was going on at the same time of our fantasy mock draft. And there was, I think, uh, at least four people in this mock draft that were either tied up to that or doing some other stuff and not paying attention. So I queued up a bunch of rookies and um, I was making picks for a couple of teams and, and myself. Um, I like Cam Makers a lot. I, I, I think he's going to be really good. But I thought Dobbins was taken when I took Akers over Dobbins. Ah, so I would have taken Dobbins over Akers. I was wondering about that. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So that was a uh, trying to do too many things at once. And um, if it was a real draft, obviously I would have probably said something. But since we're just having fun. When did you realize it? Because Dave took Dobbins 10 picks When later. Dave When Dave took Dobbins. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, if yeah, it were that, a real you know, draft, I, I, I would have. I thought he was gone. I was, uh, you know, like I said, trying to, trying to do too many things at once. Well, if it had been a real draft and you had noticed 10 picks later, I don't think we would have honored it. Um, as the commissioner, I would have just changed it myself. <laughs> and you would have just given Dave Akers or what? No, Dave, you had another pick. Oh, I would have okay. just said, you guys can go to hell if you don't want to do the league. Well, that seems fair. <laughs> I like that. Well, what did you think about that, guys? I mean, I, I know we have to wait to see where he goes, but if Jonathan Taylor goes in a goes to a team that's, you know, there, it seems like it's obvious they're going to make him their workhorse... He's going to go a lot earlier than 35th, I would imagine. So let's start with that, Heath, and, and Taylor going 35th. That was like after Chris Carson, after Leonard Fournette. What did you think of that? Well, I think, and I, and I wrote about this in terms of best ball ADP. Um, Taylor is actually out of the top three rounds right now for best ball ADP. And I think it's, it's because there's still a lot of risk. Um, I've seen multiple mock drafts where Jonathan Taylor is not the first running back taken. 
I've seen a couple of mock drafts where Jonathan Taylor is not in a situation that I really like. Now, yeah, I, like, let's just say if somehow he gets drafted by Tampa Bay or even by the Chiefs, I think there's a chance he could be like a borderline first round pick by the time we get to August. Yeah. Um, but if he goes in the third round to a team like the Lions, then he might be a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just everyone's kind of hedging, and that's why it's so it's so difficult in redraft. Even in dynasty, it's hard, but in redraft especially, it's so difficult to to place these rookies before they've actually been placed. Um, a guy that I was really high on last year before the draft, and a lot of people were too. It wasn't just me, Hakeem Butler, and then nobody in the NFL wanted him, and yeah. then he just didn't even play him with an injured reserve all year. So. Like I, the draft will tell us some things that we don't know right now about what 2020 is going to look like. Okay, so I don't want to spoil Friday's show because it's our wide receiver prospect preview. But first, I'll just make a point about running backs. I mean, look, if a if a running back gets taken in the top ten, like Barkley, like Zeke, like Fournette, like McCaffrey, you pretty much know in most cases they're going to get a lot of work and they're going to get it early, week one, right? Teams are going to be committed, but we're not going to have any of that. We might not have a running back taken in the first round this year. So you might have a—sometimes you see a more gradual, like Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb didn't have any work until they traded Carlos Hyde. You might have a more gradual uh, ascension into that role. Like Miles Sanders. Sanders. Yes, exactly. Um, the, thing, the thing you're rooting for with the NFL draft right now is Miami's third pick. You want the Dolphins to take a running back with their third pick. Well, uh, do you? Because they have yes. Jordan Howard now? I don't care about Jordan Howard. I care from a fantasy perspective. I think Jordan no. Howard being there means they're going to be, but they're not going to take a. They're not taking a running back with a third pick. They might. No, he he's saying with their third first round pick. Oh, so that's like oh, okay. Oh, twenty sixth overall, I believe. Pick. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. That's they're, what he meant. Not, they don't even have the number three right. pick. They have they're the number the five pick right. in the first round. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Their third first round pick. That's the that's if you're looking for. That would show you that a team is aggressive to go get somebody to be their guy. Oh, you're not worried Look, about Jordan Howard in that regard. They signed Jordan Howard to a one-year deal. He's he's on his third team in three years for a reason. He couldn't finish the season last year because of a shoulder injury. I mean, I understand that he's going to take some work. Yeah. But any of these guys going to situations are going to none. No one is walking into a featured job on day one. There's just no openings right now. Even Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones is not just going to sit. Right. Can't he's City, get work. same thing. Right, you know, so none, no, none of these rookies are walking in to the scenario you you said of Fournette or Barkley or or Zeke. They're not stepping into here's 25 touches. It's just not realistic right now. But if you see a situation like like to me, Miami is is the opening of openings in terms of somebody can can take the job. Yeah, see, Tampa I, Bay, Tampa Bay could be the same thing. I I don't I don't disagree with that, but I think that will take some time. So if you if you see because to me, Miami is the one that makes the most sense without a team trading in. Yeah. Okay. But I also think Miami will use multiple backs. Okay. Oh, oh, that's that, that's you know, the point. Hashtag though. Patriots. Right. That that's the point. I think you're going to see a, a scenario of they're all going to share work. Right. But it's which team pri- is prioritizing that position. And so if, if it's Miami taking one in the first round, they're putting some emphasis on the position because they have a lot of capital yep. and it's and it's a need. You know, I, I just think Jordan Howard, he's a very good back. He's proven to be good when he's gotten work, but he's not special. And so he's, as we saw last year, whether it was the injury that opened the door for Miles Sanders, which is probably the case, or Sanders is just that much better and it would eventually have happened. 
I think the same thing will happen in Miami, more so from a talent standpoint, that eventually somebody will take the job from Jordan Howard. It, it, I, I know what you're saying, Adam, that for fantasy, it's not the most ideal situation, but I just don't see a most ideal situation for any of these rookies. Well, that's pretty interesting, and I think that's shaping, that's framing where these running backs were taken, with only one of them going in the top 50 picks. Uh, what was your just your thought process with the wide receivers? Because last year was a good year for wide receivers, for rookie wide receivers, but even in a good year for rookie wide receivers, you know, they're they're usually not they they usually don't have the same impact that those rookie running backs have. I, I think that's fair to say. And um, you know, they didn't go they went in round six. CD Lamb and Jerry Judy, I think they went back back to back. So after the top sixty picks. Uh Dave, what was your just your thought? It's a three receiver league plus a flex and it's half PPR, so you need some receiver depth for sure. Uh, were you surprised at where the wide the rookie wide receivers went? What were you thinking going in? I was definitely surprised. I thought that that was a little too soon for Lamb and Judy, especially ahead of guys like Debo, Jarvis Landry, who may not be ready for the start of the season. We'll see what that looks like come August. Uh, even even Julian Edelman, I thought it was a little surprising that they went ahead of Edelman in a half point PPR. We don't know. We, we fit matters so much for all these receivers. They're great talents. Okay. Lamb is amazing. Judy is amazing. I know a lot of people love Henry Ruggs. I think his speed is amazing, but until we know what type of the situation they're going to be in and we can gauge what their target share might be, I think round six is preposterous. And I think round seven might be the absolute earliest I would consider one. So what I've been thinking all along is that Philadelphia is the landing spot, right? Like if Miami is going to be Jamie's spot for a running back, I think Philadelphia is the landing spot for a receiver. I'd love more one of those top three guys. Uh, and even one of the other guys, Mims, Rager, Jefferson. Do you feel that way, though, for, too. For, for 2020, if they bring back Jeffrey and they're keeping Deshaun? Yes, because I don't know if Jeffrey's going to be ready to go and Deshaun isn't going to be the, the number one target getter in that offense. But so I think, think a rookie could well, end up being a rookie's not going to be a number getter. one target getter there. Because I think he's that could be. No. Well, okay, that's fair. Fine. So but of the I, remaining I, receivers, I, just, I think Lamb could do it. I, I can see a situation, though, just in terms of, like, is it was it better to be... Like long term, I think I think Philadelphia is the best landing spot just because Jeffrey's not long there, obviously, and and Jackson's thirty three. Um, we don't know what our Sega Whiteside could become, and and obviously it's a it's it's a good opening. I just wonder for this year, will I mean obviously if they get you know Lamb or Judy, I think it's it's a steal, you know, and then that guy becomes what should yeah, be the right. number one receiver. Sure, but and it's I, totally different if, if it's one of the other guys. It, it's just, I'm just I'm just curious to see. Sorry, Keith, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen if. Uh, you know, the second guy in Green Bay is better than than the first guy or the first receiver drafted. You know, like if they get Mims or Rieger or one of the guys in that range, T. Higgins, you know, whatever route they decide to go, is that player better for fantasy than Philly or the Jets or the Raiders? Yeah, if there's two things working against this class for me. It's that the, like the very best, the top of the class, the place you see them mocked most often is to the Raiders to the Jets, to the 49ers, to the Broncos. Those don't, none of them really excite me all that much for someone having an impact in year one. And then the other thing is just what's going on. Like, even with the optimistic football is going to start the first week of September and everything is going to happen with the season, like, what amount of work are these receivers, because it matters to them more than it does the running backs, going to get with their entire coaching staff and quarterback before the start of the season. That could make it really tough on them early in the year. Mm, that's a really good point. The other thing, you know, we, we, we talk about this a lot is um, the first two guys drafted last year were by far the best. 
So don't necessarily fall in love with, hey, Lamb and Judy and Ruggs were the first three guys off the board, even if they end up in good spots. Wait, the first two guys last year were were not the best. They were... That's what I'm saying. Nikhil Harry and Marquise Brown were not the best, you know. So it was McLaurin, it was Metcalf, it was Debo, you know, it was A.J. Brown. You know, those guys were uh, day two, day three picks, and they ended up in, in better situations. Right. And how good were they? A.J. Brown was the only wide receiver that was top 20 in either format. He was 10th in non-PPR. He was 21st in PPR, something like that. We did not have a top 20 rookie wide receiver in PPR, even though we had a pretty strong year for rookie wide receivers. But it's just hard to do. However, and and again, we'll get to this on Friday, I think that the excitement for CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy is uh, it's something we haven't had in a long time, I'd say. I mean... At least for me, I'm really excited about those two guys. And the excitement overall for this wide receiver class is just through the roof. But, you know, I I won't be on the show Friday. Uh, I'm taking the rest of the week off. Got a lot of things planned. Going to stay home for four more days. But um, I heard you're, you're going golfing, right? Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that Lamb and Judy, you know, this could be A.J. Green, Julio Jones. So these could be guys we're talking about for a long time as as stars. And I'm hopeful for it. So I did want to get them. And it was interesting because I took Debo Samuel at one point. I was hoping actually to get Lamb or Judy. It's interesting to hear Dave just say that, that Debo should have gone ahead of them. He didn't. I was the recipient of, of that, the beneficiary of that. So you would have taken one of the rookies yeah. ahead of Debo if they had fallen you with uh, either the last pick around six. Yeah, and here's the thing. that That is sort of like I expect the Niners to draft a wide receiver fairly early. If they don't, I would take Debo. If they do, I would go with one of those rookies. Of course, it will depend on on everything that happens after the draft. But so I think let's say they take Lamb or Judy at thirteen. Who's the best receiver on the 49ers right now? I think it's Lamb or Judy. I mean, you can't really compare them as prospects to Debo. I, I think they smash him in that regard. I they're better long term prospects for sure. I would take Debo in twenty twenty. I would agree with that. And I think Judy would be a better fit for the 49ers than Lamb would. Well, we will uh, get into that a little bit more on Friday. So, all right, let's uh, before we get Robert Thomas on, let's just talk about half PPR and how you guys approached it. Did you approach it more like full PPR, more like standard scoring, non PPR? Uh, Heath, what did you think with this format? I mean, I I approach it more like full PPR and just discount the guys that I know. Uh, like one of the most difficult decisions I had, and it, it did not end up being a decision that mattered, which is kind of funny. But in the second round, I've got DJ Moore one spot ahead of Mike Evans in PPR. I've got Mike Evans ahead of DJ Moore in non-PPR. Or Evans ahead of Moore in non-PPR, Moore ahead of Evans in PPR. In half PPR, I was so you really... you like more of Evans? Just keep format? saying Moore and Evans, and we'll get it right eventually. <laughs> um I, I took Evans because it was half PPR. I would have taken DJ Moore in full PPR. Now, thankfully, DJ Moore fell to the middle of the third round, and I just took him with my third round pick. It's one of those rare times. Don't you love that, though? Um, where that happens. I will say, and I said this after I made the pick, and I hadn't, I'm normally really bad about answering, I like this pick. I prefer to have this pick. Um, the sixth pick is really nice. Because you know you're going to get one of what I think is a, a big five at running back and or Michael Thomas. And yep. so it was pretty easy to just take Alvin Kamara when he came to me at number six. And I would have felt the same way if it had been Dalvin Cook or Thomas or Barkley or, or Elliott. Um, and then the other thing is you're never waiting too long because you're right in the middle of the draft. So the, the sixth pick might be my favorite pick this year. 
did anybody else approach it like mostly PPR or I mean maybe you yeah, approach it like half PPR? <laughs> you did? Yeah, I mean the the players that are, are fully impacted by PPR, I'm thinking of mostly running backs here, like James White, guys like that. Uh I I wouldn't take them like I normally would in a full PPR draft, but otherwise, yeah. You get points for those catches. It might not be as much, but they still matter. Makes you want to prioritize receiver just a little bit more than you normally would. I mean, I was in a spot where I, I kind of was almost you, you kind of your hands forced at twelve, you know, a little bit. So I took well, two receivers. Who'd you I, get? Yeah, I took Godwin and Hopkins. I mean, it was hard to pass up on those two guys. I would have. Do- I would not have done. That. I would have taken a running back. I, I actually sort of lean toward non PPR scoring in half PPR. I don't know that there's a right answer here, but it's still a guy like Marlon Mack, a guy like Mark Ingram, maybe even a guy like Derrick Henry. I don't know. I, you still kind of downgrade them because you know they, they catch so few passes. But maybe some, maybe instead of having like 50 catches as the as the threshold, where I feel like a guy's really contributing in the passing game, and there were 13 or 14 guys who did that last year, maybe it's more like 30 to 35 catches for a running back. Um, but I would have wanted because okay, in non PPR running backs are king, right? In non PPR, at the top thirty six players last year, each of the top five, eight of the top nine, twelve of the top fourteen were running backs. Not even close to that in PPR. Um, so running backs are king in non PPR. I I don't know that I could go my first two picks without taking one running back in half PPR because they're still, I mean, they're still. Well, I mean, also keep keep in mind it's a three receiver league, so you know it's not bad to have. Like I, I love my receivers. Yeah, but I, I don't really Godwin, like your running Godwin Hopkins and, and Ridley, and I still was able to get running backs I like. You got Todd Gurley and James Conner. I mean, like that could be really good. It's a lot of work and Cam Akers, although that should have been J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and and Edward Solaire and Kenyon Drake. You know, so I I just no no about, not, not Kenyon Drake. I mean, uh, excuse me, Cream Hunt. Sorry, <laughs> um, I just went about collecting almost guys. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Michael Thomas went third overall. What did you think about that? Probably you know what I'll say. I don't. I don't hate it. I. It's. It's really tough once you get past McCaffrey to say you should definitely take one of those running backs over Thomas. It's also really tough to choose which running back to take over Thomas. And so I like it's a much easier choice to just take Michael Thomas in that spot. So you don't get the full credit for each catch. There's a chance that those targets could go down. Emmanuel Sanders is there. I know you don't think much of Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know. Where did he go in this draft? He was a top 100 pick. They could add another player there. A lot of people on this podcast think Alvin Kamara is going to keep up his role. Strawberry is going to throw 650 times. It's possible, but I wouldn't bet on it. I would easily take a running back over Michael Thomas at two, three, or four, and probably even five in the half PPR format. Mm-hmm. In this he format, was a, he was the third best player in this format last year. He was, but he averaged about the same amount of points per game as Derrick Henry, and he had 131 more catches than Derrick Henry. Henry had nine more touchdowns. He scored like Michael Thomas scored more fantasy points than Saquon Barkley per game last year. Even if you take away the Tampa Bay game in which Barkley got hurt, and it wasn't even really close, he scored one and a half more points per game than Barkley. But Barkley scored a lot more fantasy, like probably about two more fantasy points per game. Uh, 1.8 more fantasy points per game in 20 in 2018 than Thomas did in 2019. Kamara averaged more than two point uh, about two points per game more in 2018 
Uh, actually, no, I was wrong. It was uh, it was two and a half more points per game for Barkley. Whatever. They both they both walloped Thomas uh, in their best seasons. Put it that way. When Kamara and Barkley and got walloped by him last year. Yes. So, but what I would say is the the ceiling for like Michael Thomas. I don't think he can do better than he did last year. There's uh, it's almost no chance. Uh, I think it's much more likely he fin- finishes like he did in 2018. Uh, he could have a season where he scored like there's no reason to think that Michael Thomas won't have a season where he scores 12 touchdowns. I guess so, but still, like he's, I would expect him to lose 25 catches and and yards too. I mean, oh, if you're talking expectation, sure. I just don't think we should act like expectation is the same as upside. Well, and and the other thing to factor in is that you're talking about a position that doesn't get injured as much. I mean, we saw Barkley last year. You know, I that's, guess that's so. That's the one that that that's the comparison is. You know, I, I think those are the top three players: uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, and and Thomas. Now, Dave took Zeke. He likes Zeke better, so I I get that, but. I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if you get all these guys in this format playing at their best, Thomas replicating last year, I think it'll be better than those guys. So I don't, because I think we've proven that Barkley at his best was a lot better than Thomas. Kamara at his best was a lot better than Thomas. I, that's just based on 2018 versus 2019. Uh, the, the, the running back that's the elite running back is better than the elite wide receiver in this format. And it's actually not, yep. it wasn't even close if you compare just Michael Thomas to what we saw from Barkley and Kamara and McCaffrey the last few 2018. I'm curious, Heath, what's the projection that you have for Michael Thomas? The projection that I have for Michael Thomas is uh, 130 okay. catches for 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns. And that puts him where overall? Um, that in half PPR, that would put him, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> Looks like, uh, fourth. So third was way too early. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So like I, he's Michael this... Thomas is more likely to hit his projection than a running back is. Okay. That, yeah, that's fair. So let's bring Robert Thomas on in about 10 minutes. Until then, let's just talk about our teams and how we built our teams and if we liked our teams and what we would do differently. Uh, okay, so again, half PPR. We'll go in order of pick, and I'll just be really quick with my team. I had the first pick. So I had took Christian McCaffrey one. I took Adam Thielen and Juju Smith-Schuster in rounds two and three. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really love it. I, I think maybe I could have taken Leonard Fournette there instead of one of those wide receivers because, well, I like both of those wide receivers, and in their best-case scenario, Thielen and Juju, those are great picks at 24 and 25 overall. But there are obviously a lot of question marks about those guys. Age and health for Thielen, a lot for Juju. We just don't know. Uh, Fournette was the next running back off the board. He had the seventh-most carries, the fifth-most catches among running backs. He had 1,674 total yards. Only Michael Thomas had even 1,400 yards among receivers. But Fournette obviously scored only three touchdowns, which was crazy. So maybe I could have gone with Fournette there. Rounds four and five, I took, I took Damian Williams and Devin Singletary. And those gave me my second and third running backs, Williams and Singletary. And this is the lesson I learned here. Is like This is the first draft, or one of the first drafts we did with the rookies. And when you put in rookie running backs... Well, that gives you some better options in round six. 
because I didn't pick again until the very end of round six. And, um, you know, usually at that point, I would expect Ronald Jones and David Montgomery to be gone. But they were actually there. So so maybe I didn't need to take both Will, Damian Williams and Devin Singletary because when you factor in uh, uh, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, pushes down some of the other running backs. So... I probably I probably could have waited to get my uh, my third running back until round six, and it could have been Ronald Jones or David Montgomery, and I would have been happy with that. Uh, round six or seven, Russell Wilson and Debo Samuel. I really loved getting Russell Wilson 72nd overall. And after I took him, there was a little bit of a run on quarterbacks. Kyler, Dak, and Deshaun went before my next pick, so I definitely feel like Wilson was the right pick there. Debo is my third wide receiver. I took Darwin Thompson to back up uh, to back up Damian Williams, and I still think Darwin Thompson is the guy to get. Maybe there's nobody to get, but I still like Tom- Thompson better than DeAndre Washington. I took Why? Jared. Why? Because I think De- DeAndre Washington is he is what he is. I mean, he's very good when he got a chance last year. No, he really <laughs> wasn't. He really wasn't. His yards per carry was bad. He actually just he was happened on a bad to score. team. He he was on, he was on a bad team. I mean. D- Josh Jacobs had no issues running on that team. Well, he's not Josh Jacobs, obviously. I mean, you going he's no, going he, from okay, he's on a mediocre he's team. Not he's going good. from a mediocre team to a great team. What's when has he been good? What, what makes DeAndre Washington good? Last year he was a He good was not good. Back. No, he was good because he scored. He got a ton of work and he scored touchdowns. He was a I, I I guess he won't score with the Chiefs. That's probably a bad team to go to if he wants to score touchdowns. Maybe, but I'm I'm not hard saying, to score touchdowns when you're on the bench. I'm not No, saying, no, this is if Damian's gone. It, right. Him. Yeah. I'm not saying for sure that he's that Washington's good. I don't really think he is. I think Jalen Rashard's better. But like Darwin Thompson, while I still am drafting him as an upside pick, is a sixth round pick who just averaged three and a half yards per carry on the Chiefs. Then don't take either of them, I guess, is the lesson there. That that's the lesson. All right, my starting lineup, Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, and Damian Williams, Thielen, Juju, and Debo. Devin Singletary at flex, Jared Cook at tight end. It's okay. Could have been better. Uh, who had the next pick? Me. Dave, go I for was it. Two. Dave and Heath had two of my favorite teams, by the way. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, very nice. Uh, I like Zeke better than everybody other than Christian McCaffrey, so I took him at two. And then Jamie mentioned that some people were busy doing a mock draft while uh, while during this fantasy draft. There might not be a better person to have your back uh, in a fantasy draft than Jamie because he he knew who I liked. And he took them for me in rounds two and three. Miles Sanders, one spot ahead oh, of Adam Azer, by the oh, way. Thank you very much. And then Kenny Galladay is one of my favorite receivers. So I got him in round three. And then I was able to pick up the draft from there. Uh, I, I took receivers after that. I was thrilled with having Zeke and, and Miles Sanders as my top two running backs. And when I feel that way, I don't mind charging hard after wideout. So Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, those were my second and third receivers to go with Galladay. Very happy with that. Dobbins fell to me to round six. Even if that had been Cam Akers or maybe David Montgomery would have been the pick there. I probably wouldn't have been as excited about Montgomery or Akers as I was with Dobbins. So I'll take the 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 lucky break that I had there. And then Adam took Russell Wilson at the end of round six. And on Kyle, Kyler Murray was still on the board. Kyler's my number three quarterback. I feel like anytime I can get him as a number four quarterback or later off the board in a fantasy draft, it's a steal. I did that. Kyler Murray was my quarterback. Round eight, Tyler Higbee is going to be my pick pretty much every draft I'm in from here on out. And Justin Jefferson in round nine. So while C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy 
went in round six, and I felt like that was too early. In a league where catches count, I think Justin Jefferson's great to target in that round nine range, and he, he could end up going in round eight, maybe even round seven if he goes to Philadelphia. But he, he's an NFL-ready slot receiver. I don't think he's going to be anything more in his career than a very good volume-based type of wide receiver. But he can do it now almost with any team that he goes to. So I'm I'm really thrilled to have gotten him there in round nine. And if we were playing this league out, he might be my flex week one instead of J.K. Dobbins. Uh, the rest of the team, Noah Fant in round 10. That's just getting great value on a tight end. And in case I'm wrong on Tyler Higby, he's a good backup plan. Tony Pollard in round 11 to back up Zeke. And uh, I mean, there really isn't much to talk about the rest of the team. Deontay Johnson's on my bench at receiver. Uh, one of my favorite handcuffs to swipe in the double-digit rounds is Gus Edwards. Because of that Ravens offense, we know they love to run the football. Mark Ingram's 30. I think Gus Edwards isn't a bad lottery ticket to take if he falls that far in the draft. Love the team, man. So what's your starting lineup? Kyler at quarterback, Zeke and Sanders at running back. That's why you like the team, Adam, because I've got Miles Sanders. Well, I think, uh, I you, think, I think you did great with your wide receivers considering yeah, your first I, two picks to me, that's backs. When, when we were doing mock drafts before adding the rookies, I felt like I was never comfortable with the three receivers that I take. But this one I did, and it was uh, Galladay, Woods, and McLaurin. I feel even better about Woods now that Brandon Cooks was traded. Uh, Woods should be locked in. I don't know how many targets you haven't projected for, Heath, but it's got to be a minimum of 130 because he's gotten that each of the past two seasons. Uh, Higby at tight end with Fant behind him. And uh, Dobbins is currently my flex, but I can go with Jefferson. Maybe Dante Johnson is a big camp. Maybe he's my flex to start the year. Maybe Fant is my flex to start the year. I've got all kinds of potential there. I really, really love this team. Okay. I, I forgot to mention that I have Raheem Mostert and Marquise Brown. Those are actually two of my favorite picks. They're they're bench players for me. And now I feel better about my team. All right, Heath, you had the sixth <laughs> pick. And I, you had a great team. You did very well. Uh, go for it. Yeah, it's uh, like I talked about earlier. The sixth pick was pretty easy. I just waited to see which of the elite players was going to fall to me. I got Alvin Kamara at sixth overall, which I absolutely love in half PPR and non PPR and full PPR, whatever. Uh, Mike Evans was a tough choice in round two, but it didn't matter because DJ Moore came back to me in round three. Now you didn't. Round you took Mike Evans over Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, like, specifically Chubb, because I know you like Chubb. So was that just because it's three receivers or what? Yes. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. it's uh, I didn't really want to get to round three without a receiver. And again, I think Evans is more likely to be what we project of Evans than those running backs are. Okay. Um, DJ Moore in round three. I I think even if you're discounting him for Robbie Anderson, the middle of round three is a great place to go get DJ Moore. The fourth round was probably like the pick in this entire draft that I'm least certain about. I took Melvin Gordon. Um, I think he's probably going to be a fine number two running back. I'm a little bit uncertain about the situation in Denver, a little uncertain about the situation with Philip Lindsay and whether Lindsay is going to get an Eckler amount of touches or if he's going to be closer to a 50-50 split. But the way they've talked, like there's also a chance that Melvin Gordon's a top 12 running back and Philip Lindsay just doesn't even matter. So this could be a great pick, but... But I was a, like I struggled in deciding between Melvin Gordon, Marlon Mack, um, even Damian Williams, who you took a little bit later. Um, there was no struggle in round five because and this happened a couple of times. Zach Ertz went two picks before me in round five. I'd rather have Mark Andrews 
than Zach Ertz. So it was very easy for me to take Andrews there in top five and get get uh, my number three tight end in the fifth round. Uh, round six, again, a similar situation. Will Fuller, DK Metcalf, Tyler Boyd, three receivers went off the board right in a row at the start of round six. I, I like DJ Chark better than all of them. And so I took him as my third wide receiver, a guy that I think has top 12 upside, just some uncertainty about the situation. Very similar situation in round seven. You took Russell Wilson. Dave took Kyler Murray. I like Dak Prescott better than both those guys. Thought it was a good time to take him as who's my number three quarterback. Um, hey, by the way, then, uh, this yep. was done before the Brandon Cooks trade, right? Because Cooks went yes. round 11. So, yeah, you heard Will Fuller go in round, uh, round six. He might still go there, but that was before the Cooks trade. All right. Yeah, I don't think he'll still go there. Okay. Um, and then I took my flex, Marvin Jones, who I think's really underrated. And you look at he's on the last couple of years with Matthew Stafford. We should expect that when he's healthy, he's going to be a top 25 wide receiver. He's my fourth receiver and my flex. Later round picks, I'll kind of gloss over those. I was very happy to get Tevin Coleman in round nine. Continued to build on running back depth with Chase Edmonds, a guy that I think I've taken every mock. Then Devontae Freeman, Alexander Madison, and Justice Hill. So starting lineup? Young running back upside, but I have two good starters. What do you got? What's your lineup? It is Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara, and Melvin Gordon, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, DJ Chark, Mark Andrews, and Marvin Jones. Yes, you want nice. you want a little tease for Wednesday's podcast, Adam? Yeah. Marvin Jones was on pace to finish as the number 14 wide receiver in PPR through nine weeks last season. Yeah, and he's a touchdown. We're, we're going to talk about really the first half, productive. first half guys. Oh, okay, from cool. last year. That's right. Marvin Jones is one of them. So I second Heath's um, suggestion on Marvin Jones as a great flex. All right, Jamie, you had the twelfth pick, so you had twelve and thirteen. You went with Chris Goblin and DeAndre Hopkins. You passed up Mixon, Eckler, Drake, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, etc., to take two wide receivers. Tell us about your team and if you think that was the right call. Uh, I think it was the right call. Um, I started with three receivers with uh, Godwin, Hopkins, and Ridley. Um, I started stockpiling running backs after that with Gurley, Connor, Akers, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, with Kareem Hunt and Justin Jackson mixed in as well. Um, I waited on quarterback and tight end and ended up with Aaron Rodgers and Hayden Hurst. And uh, that's the gist of my team. Okay, so let's take a look at Jamie's starting lineup. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. It's funny to be like, I waited on quarterback. I got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> but it's that's yeah. how it's it's that's how it should be this yeah. year. James Conner and Todd Gurley at running back. I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of scenarios there. Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley at wide receiver. That's certainly the strength of the team. Hayden Hurst at tight end. Flex could be Cam Akers. Could be yeah, probably Cam Akers. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Justin Jackson. Uh, you're hearing, you're hearing Edwards Hilaire linked to Tampa a lot in round two or three, depending on where he falls. Um, that could be fun. But he doesn't look like a he. It, does he? He comes in. Clyde Edwards Hilaire comes in as as a what? third down third back. down back, right? Or passing yeah. downs back. Yeah, passing downs back that will steal touches on the ground as well. I mean, he's not just going to play, you know, um, only on passing downs. Right. He could potentially be a lead back. I mean, it was just the, he was basically the, the primary back for the national champions. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's the lead back. But, you know, given the fact that Ronald Jones isn't the best of the running backs in the NFL, 
that could be a good landing spot for anybody, even if it's him. Well, all right, not to be a jerk, but I would not feel great about a team where my running backs were Connor, Gurley, Cam Akers, bunch of rookies, basically. You don't have to say not to be a jerk when you criticize someone's team besides mine. You don't mind being a jerk to me. <laughs> Just be a jerk to Jamie. Jamie, your team <laughs> sucks, man. You're running back. Maybe so. Maybe trash. so on draft day, but I still beat your ass like I normally do. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I got McCaffrey. What else do I need? I got Christian McCaffrey. That was a tough pick for me. I, I think I, I think I made the right call at number one. All right, cool. So those are our teams. You can check out the draft, cbsports.com slash fantasy slash football. I wanted to tell you where the rookies went. Uh, a lot of rookies went, but most of them went beginning late round five. There was only one that went before that. And... Uh, there you go. Half PPR with some rookies. So our Facebook group is awesome. Join it. Fantasy Football Today. There's a link in the description, or you can just go to Facebook and type in Fantasy Football Today. One of the reasons why it's awesome is Robert Thomas. He moderates the group. He keeps it going. He brings up interesting topics, and he's going to join us now to tell us what our Facebook listeners or our Facebook group, our Facebook friends, uh, had to say about this draft. So let's bring him on. Robert Usually I don't let a man with an Ohio State hat onto this podcast, but I love J.K. Dobbins this year, and I love all the work that you've done for us, including your military service. So thank you. You are a Marine, I understand. Um, thank you for coming on. How are you? And thank you for your service, as always. I'm very good, and, and uh, thank you very much, Adam. I appreciate it. You've been so important to uh, our, our Facebook group and to our fantasy football community, and you do such a great job, and you're so dedicated, and you're helping us out on fantasy baseball today in that Facebook group as well. So you asked uh, the listeners in the group, what were the best picks from this draft? What were the worst picks? And who had the best team? Obviously, nobody said Jamie. <laughs> but what were, uh, what were the best? <laughs> Let's start with best picks. Jeez. Let's start with best picks, Robert. Uh, sorry, Jamie, not to be rude. Who were some of the best picks, according to our listeners? Are you talking? I wasn't listening. <laughs> he was apologizing again. Twice in five minutes. <laughs> so, the best pick in the draft, uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, running backs were were definitely um, high on the list of the listeners. And Mark Ingram in the sixth, David Montgomery in the seventh. Uh, it's James, Con James Conner was one of those ones that was, you either loved him or hated him. He, James Conner in the sixth also, um, Aaron Jones with uh, Ben taking Aaron Jones. So, um, you know, and, and somebody had brought up, uh, taking Derek Henry and Aaron Jones back to back and said that was a, a huge upside. So big, heavy on running backs was everybody's favorite picks. Yeah. Yeah, so that Shraggy B had the eighth pick. He, he took Derrick Henry, and then in round two, he took Aaron Jones. And guys, you see Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake go right in front of Aaron Jones, and I wonder if in non-PPR, that's probably not going to happen. In PPR, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess there are a lot of places where you could see Aaron Jones go. I, I feel like he went ahead of both of them in non -P in full PPR, but not in half PPR. But we're talking back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back picks. Eckler, Drake, he Jones. Yeah, Eckler definitely went ahead of Jones in our PPR mock because I took Eckler in the first round. Okay, I thought Jones went twelfth in that draft, but I must be mixing up our our drafts. Yeah, I took I took Eckler tenth. Okay, you know they're going to be in the same range, I guess. But but in half PPR, Heath, how would you rank Eckler, Drake, and Aaron Jones? Eckler, Jones, Drake. 
though I think they're I think they're very like there's a lot of similarities. I, I don't I, I think it's an interesting question. Who is going to is, do any of those three guys get to 300 touches this year? Drake might. Like if he's truly the the only guy in that backfield, then I think he's got a chance at 300 touches. Aaron Jones will come close. Jones will come close, but they they're going to still share a little bit. I'd, I'd put my money on Jones more than anyone. Uh, Mark Ingram in round six. How like how does that happen? He, he went one spot ahead of Carryon Johnson. That was Ben Schrager again. How is Ben Schrager's team not my favorite team? Uh, but that to me seems insane. Mark Ingram in round six uh, after yeah. Daryl Henderson. Now you're not loving it. I I don't dislike it. I just I think that's about right in anything that rewards any type of like we made fun of Ben Gretsch a lot last year for the the Mark Ingram hate and Ingram continuing to keep it up. But he I mostly agree with him. I was just being a troll. Yeah, but round six. I mean, I think even <laughs> Ben Gretsch would have taken him in round six. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad in round six. I think that's a, that's a fine place to get him. I don't I don't think it's necessarily a big steal. He's going to probably top out around what 220 carries he's probably not going to maintain the same touchdown rate since he never had before in his career he caught five touchdown passes on like 12 targets or something no okay but mark ingram was worthy of a second round pick last year so to get him not like you know in retrospect yeah i think i think it's around around too late i think round five is is a good time to get ingram Okay, he was the number 11 running back in full PPR last year. So the the people like the running back values. Robert, what were some of the worst picks in this draft? I will tell you, uh, consensus worst pick in the draft was A.J. Green. Oh, all right. Where did A.J. Green go? People just do not like A.J. Green where he's at. They don't trust him. Uh, that, That just seems to be all everybody's thoughts. Well, he went right before I took DJ Moore. Yeah, right after yep. Galladay and Fournette and before Mahomes. 28th overall. Before Allen Robinson, before Cooper Cup, before Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think the people are right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Chrissy Teigen, that that meme. That's what that is, having him go 28. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you the answer to why it happened. Because, uh, so what we started doing on, on the site is uh, Ben Gretsch has been doing a Q&A with us after the drafts. Uh, yep. He's calling him an exit interview, exit survey. And uh, that was uh, Jack Capitordo who made that pick. And it was uh, he's one of our producers in CBS Sports HQ. So here's the question was, uh, Ben says, I like A.J. Green as a bounce-back candidate this year, and you seem to agree grabbing him at with the fourth pick in the third round. What made Green the pick over other options you were considering? And here's what Jack said. I feel like there are a lot of question marks with the round three wide receivers taken in this draft. Beckham, is he bouncing back? Cooper Cup, what does the Rams offense look like? DJ Moore, they added Robbie Anderson. Allen Robinson, never trusts Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. AJ Green, obviously coming off a lost year. I just picked my poison, but I'm really high on the Bengals wide receivers this season, expecting Joe Burrow to get them the ball. I honestly wanted Leonard Fournette there, but he got taken just to pick ahead of him. It's a pretty reasonable answer. Right? I, I, I mean, if, if no. you're not sold on those guys... You know, and you have a, a feeling on someone. He probably could have gotten around later. That's but, the thing. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just the spot that he, now look if AJ Green come the middle of August is you know looking like he's got a great rapport with Joe Burrow, everything's fine, hunky dory. Maybe he gets a new contract. Um, 
This is where he, he's going. No, he's not going ahead of Moore or Beckham or Robinson, but he may be going toward the end of that. He's not going ahead of Ridley. He's not going ahead of Cup. But but those guys could also go a little bit higher, maybe in a PP, maybe in full PPR. But I, I would expect him to be a top 30 pick. If, like if he if everything if, is perfect. So here here's the receivers. Here's the receivers around later in that same. Well, I guess not the same range, but in, in the spot where he was picking. So he could have taken. He took Mar- Marlon Mack in round four. Tyler Lockett was the next receiver off the board. Robert Woods. Like, I'm still taking those guys over A.J. Green, but that's the range where he'll creep up to if things work out well for him. Yeah, I, I think, like, if we are going to be optimistic about A.J. Green in July, it's a round earlier than where we'll take him when we're optimistic. It's it's two rounds or more too early now for me. But like I, the thing that I didn't like about this, when I said no, it's not a good reasoning, is, like, there's a lot of questions about all these guys, so I'm going to take the guy who has more questions than all of them. But he also has more upside. He no. also yeah. has he has been better than all of them except Beckham. If you're getting peak AJ Green, yes. But well, of course, that's, that's, that's that guy's gone. How do we know that guy's gone? I, look, I'm not because saying he, I disagree. He, I'm just he, questioning. He, he he told you about the receivers needing rapport with their quarterbacks. The quarterback <laughs> needs the most rapport with his receivers. So for him not to have any time, whoever it may be. Uh, you know, not to have any time with a guy that's probably not going to show up whatever offseason work they're going to get until training camp. I mean, that that's going to hurt that start. And so plus you have to factor in he's 31 and hasn't been healthy for two of the last three seasons. Look, I like I said, I don't disagree, but we also it's not like we can just sit here and assume that these guys aren't going to play with each play football together <laughs> till until like September. I mean. You know, no, but, but why would he have more upside than Allen Robinson? Because or... he's always been better than Allen Robinson, except one year. Like, A.J. Green's been one of the best wide receivers in football. Like, D.J. He, Moore hasn't been that yet. Cooper Cup hasn't been. Cooper Cup was that last year, but that was not nothing compared to what Green used to do in his prime. You know, I mean. But that was half a decade ago. It was, no, it was two seasons ago. His For his games when he played, he was great. Like the eight games he played, not counting that stupid ninth game where he barely played, what were his stats? Like you just double his stats from two years ago, 2018, you're talking almost 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns and 90 catches. So that's just pretty That's almost the projection that Heath gave Michael Thomas earlier in the show. <laughs> it is. Oh, oh, not the catches, but yeah. Nah. But everything else, touch, he has more touchdowns than he isn't projected for. Yeah, his first eight games of 2018 yeah. before he basically missed – a season and a half, AJ Green was great. I yeah. do think I do think that if you're going to draft him that high, you're really buying into him hitting those numbers, which I think as of now you look at that and you, you'd have to be loony to think that that's a certain Well, I mean, look, we 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 I think con- consensus-wise, we'll always tell people if you like a player, take him. But I think he said it best. Don't take him two rounds too early. Take him one round early. Right. Uh, Robert, who had the best team according to our listeners? Uh, so it was either Ben or RJ. Uh, I, I would, uh, I would say people love the running back strategy, uh, you know, Ben Schrager, right? How many people voted in this? Oh, let's see. Just Ben and RJ. (laughs) 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 Let me see here. Well, let me, I guess I can go through their teams. The teams. It looks like we had a couple Ben's and a couple RJ's. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I did have RJ's as one of my favorites, but let, let's compare Ben and RJ here. Ben Schrager. Uh, Schrager has Josh Allen, Derek Henry, and Aaron Jones with Mark Ingram at flex. Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, and Michael Gallup at wide receiver. Johnny Smith at tight end. Think- also, Ronald Jones on the bench. So that, it's a very, that, and Jamal yeah. Williams to back up Aaron Jones. I mean, this is a very good team. That's probably a playoff team. Yeah, it's a good one. I really liked RJ's team. He has Mahomes. Look at, I mean, look at this. Come on. Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. Stefan Diggs, Devontae Parker, and CD Lamb. Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. And he has David Montgomery at flex. So he has Mahomes, Chubb, Cook, and Montgomery at running back. Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, and Parker at wide receiver. Yeah, ben. He also took Parker a little too soon, too. He, he took Parker in round four. Imagine if he has Lockett or Woods. Instead. Evan Ingram tight end. Yeah, this is another good team. I didn't think there was a consensus best team. Did anybody think like, oh, wow, this is the best team? That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think Dave's is my favorite. That's my favorite. Kyler, Zeke, Miles Sanders, Galladay, Woods, McLaurin, Tyler Higby, J.K. Dobbins, and Flex. And and you know me. I'll poo-poo my own team if I uh, – whether I'm experimenting or if I make a bad pick, I'll I'll own up to it. But I, I would take this team in any league right now. Who did RJ take Lamb over? He took uh, Lamb Debo over Samuel. Judy, Landry, Edelman. Debo. Oh, so so um, Robert, give us the scouting report on J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> you know, watching his games all year last year, it, it, he just looks like he, he needs a team that runs that type of offense. So, you know, having that fit is going to be key to to where he, you know, how he plays. I, I just don't know. It's it's hard to see where he's going to go now. Uh, so, so that's what I really hope is he gets a good fit uh, to be a three down back. I, I don't know. I I don't know if he could put up the numbers without being that type of running back. And it's a, and that's tough in this league today. Better question. Um, how if you don't mind my asking, how old are you? I'm 38. I just oh. had a birthday the other day. Oh, actually. happy birthday! Hey, happy birthday! All right, so you're happy definitely. Birthday. You're definitely old enough to remember. Um, that, oh, that, that national championship was garbage. Like it was it was a BS oh, national championship? I was living in. Are, are you talking about the uh, oh one two thousand one oh two oh three oh two? Sorry. Yeah, I was living in Philly at the time, and absolutely crazy. It, it was amazing. It, it, I mean, it was obvious. Not for us, it wasn't amazing. Not for me and Dave. <laughs> It was it was obvious, uh, you, you know. It was all over. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, so <laughs> well, so I asked you to find some kind of fun stuff uh, in the Facebook group, like a Throwback Thursday or something like that. Um, what what you got? What, what's uh, some of the fun stuff that people that aren't in the group are missing? Uh, so one of my uh, favorite things uh, that we put up, I put it up in January. Was uh, it was a Throwback Thursday. It was uh, talking about the, your starting in fantasy football, uh, your, what your story was, if you were any good, uh, and if you knew what you were doing. Uh, and actually, my favorite one, uh, the guy said, 1989, 
I was in sixth grade, ran my league by, by hand, checked the newspapers that were in the school library on Monday and Tuesdays to get stats, got questioned by parents, teachers, and even the local police regarding the idea that I was running a gambling room. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, oh, man. <laughs> sixth grade, so, checking newspapers in the school library. That's awesome. That yeah. is great. So, so you know, I thought it'd be good to bring that up to go to hear your guys' story of how you got started, if you knew what you were doing, and if you were any good when you first started. All right, Jamie, you want to kick it off? How I got started doing this job? No, no, fantasy football, your first league. Oh, fantasy football? Um, my first league was in college in 1997. And my first pick was Chris Carter when he was with the Vikings. Um, and I ended up getting Randall Cunningham that year, too. So that was a fun pairing. Did, did you win? win? You won your first, yep. your first league. Yep. Oh, you, were made, you were made for this job. <laughs> Dave, how about you? I also first started playing in 97. Barry Sanders was my first pick, and I was terrible. Terrible. I was terrible for three straight years, but I didn't take it seriously. And it wasn't until I started taking it seriously in the off season before 2001 that I started doing better in fantasy. So that's why I subscribe to, you got to pay attention year round to, to be good at fantasy football. Heath. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but I remember my, my first league or exposure to fantasy football was actually a fantasy football type contest in USA today. And it was 97 or 98 and you had to go through and like, it was almost like a season long type fan duel type thing because you had to go through and choose players, but stay under a salary cap for the year. And then weekly we were calculating our own points out of the newspaper. So yeah. Huh. I had good technology when I started. I, I think I started in 1999. I was in high school and I shared, I co-owned my team you're such a baby. With uh, well, this <laughs> my friend. He was like big stats guy. He got me into fantasy football, and his name is Alex Jacob. He is a Jeopardy super champ. For those of you who are big Jeopardy fans, if you know Alex Jacob, he also won like a ton of money on the World Series of Poker. Um, so I remember we had Napoleon Kaufman from the Raiders on our team, and my dad was so confused because he thought like we must have had the wrong guy because there was another running back named Napoleon on the Raiders. Napoleon, there was a linebacker, Napoleon, Napoleon Harris. There's also Napoleon McCollum, who was 1986 through 1994 uh, with the Raiders. The Raiders have had three players named Napoleon, so I remember learning that at an early age. But uh, yeah, I had a good time. I don't remember how we did, but that means you lost. I, yes, I'm sure. But I played fantasy football with a Jeopardy super champ, and nobody else did except Dave was a Wheel of Fortune super champ, or sort almost anyway. So yeah, yeah. So I, look at that. I've hit all the game shows. Robert, when did Robert, you how, start? Robert, how's this whole thing affecting you? Uh, the uh, what's going on right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I work at I, I, I work in HR, uh, and I've been working at home on Monday through Thursdays, and then my wife's off on Fridays, so I go in on uh, Fridays to work, and then I'm you know, Mr. Mom during the week. Are you, is your office crowded? 
No, no, it's not. Uh, the building's pretty much empty when yeah. I go in. I'm just there in case anybody has to pick any paperwork up or drop it off. So social distancing, no. And what was your first fantasy football league? Uh, I got started right before I went to the Marine Corps in 2007. I was older when I went to the Marine Corps. I didn't go until I was 25. Uh, but 2006, I think it was, I, I played, and I, I was horrible. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I got back in it after I got out of boot camp and everything. And I think 2000, it would have been 2010 when I really got into it. It was a non-PPR league. It was the first year Vic was back. And I took Vic first for whatever reason. Oh, we, would have, we would have blistered you for that. Oh, I would have been crushed. I would have been crushed. Um, but, you know, th- now I love the game. I've won two uh, leagues. I finished in second in my money league last year um, with – I made the worst decision. I played – and kind of leading into this question, the, the next one I have is I played O.J. Howard over Tyler Higby in the championship, and it just crushed me. And that was one of the questions somebody had in the group was, would you take O.J. Howard over Tyler Higby this year? Not me. I don't know if any of us would, but I definitely would not. The group comments were completely split. Uh, I would say it was half Higby, half Howard. Wow. And everybody loves Tom Brady with with OJ Howard. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's good to know. I mean, uh, you definitely, you get, you post something in that group. It's not guaranteed to get approved. We get a lot of posts, but you you weigh in on a post. You just get different perspective than what you're going to hear on the podcast, and that's really great. You know, it's good to see. I posted something about Joe Mixon. We're not gonna have time to talk about it, but I wanted to see how people were feeling. And a lot of people were like, "Yeah, I'd take him in round three. And then a lot of people were like, "There's no way he's getting around three. So you just get uh, you get out of the the analyst mindset a little bit and just what the listeners are thinking about. And it's it's different and it's interesting and it's possible because of Ben Schrager and Robert Thomas. And Robert, thanks for coming on, man. Great stuff. Thanks for helping us out. Thanks, Robert. All right, everybody. Uh, Dave and Jamie are going to host on Wednesday and Friday, respectively, I believe. And we'll talk about uh, first half, forgotten first half heroes on Wednesday. We'll talk about the wide receiver prospects on Friday and anything else that's relevant. Until then, I'm Adam Azer. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Thanks to Jamie, Dave, Heath, and Robert. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.